Welcome to the network. My name is Michael Prejean. I have one of my favorite people in the world here with us today. The network is my attempt at creating a modern podcast version of the Negro Motorist Green Book. Every episode is designed to help the physical, mental, spiritual, and financial health of black people living in and traveling through America. Today's guest is my pastor. So I'm so happy to have him. Pastor, how you doing today? I'm doing well, Mike. Thank you for asking. How about you? I'm doing great. I'm doing great. Do me a favor. Good. Introduce yourself to the people who will be listening and watching. Okay. Yeah. My name is Keith Turner, the senior. I have a, my son. He's named after me and also my grandson. I am, I am currently uh, the senior pastor at Valley Community Bible Church. I am. Um, I have been married for 45 years. My wife and I, we have been truly blessed to have such wonderful children as well as grandchildren. And honestly, to even know someone like you, Mike, it's been such a blessing for me, you know, to have you to be a part of my life. So that's kind of me. I'm, I'm, I guess I'm kind of low-key guy for the most part, but uh, that's me. Love God. Okay. Okay. Okay, definitely. I, I know that. Um, and thank you for those kind words. I truly, 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 truly appreciate it. So um, you mentioned that you are the pastor of Valley Community Bible Church. Where is Valley Community Bible Church? And if I wanted to go and look for Valley, can I find it on Facebook or Instagram or something like that? Or if I wanted to look for you, could I find you on, on Facebook or Instagram? Yes, uh, Valley Community Bible Church is uh, currently in Liberty, Texas. Uh, we are, I guess, maybe 50 miles east of Houston. Um, we are we're currently located there, but we're in the process. And I, I got good news on today. We're getting ready to maybe move towards the city. So uh, that, that's it's a blessing. Mike, you hadn't heard that okay. yet. So. Okay. It's such a blessing for us to I do that. Heard that so that's yeah, I know you had. Yeah, yeah, it's breaking news. It's breaking news. But um, we are, yes, I, our church is our Valley Community Bible Church is on Facebook. I'm on Facebook, Keith Turner. I am also on Instagram, also Keith Turner at Instagram. But um, we, we have a few network things going on. But yeah, you can, you can contact us. It's type in Valley Community Bible Church or type my name in, and I'm sure it'll pop up. But our, our physical address, I'm sorry, Mike, our physical address is 1507 North San Jacinto Street in Liberty, Texas. And that's 77575. And, and I can, I, I'm going to share a story a little bit later. Um, but you definitely may want to go and pay Valley Community Bible Church a visit. And I, I, I'll share a little bit. I'm going to share a little bit later um, okay. when we kind of get started. So. Um, native of Liberty, Texas, Pastor, kind of, kind of tell me, how did you end up becoming a pastor? Like, what, what was that journey like? Did you, did you always know? Like, when you were a little boy, you know, did you kind of have, you know, an inkling in your spirit that you know I'm gonna be a pastor one day, I'm gonna be a preacher, or you know? <laughs> so, what was that journey like? Yeah, well, you know, so I guess it's it's funny you ask. Um, when I was a small child, I had opportunities to travel, and it was 
somewhat unique because all my siblings didn't get that same opportunity. Uh, I was able to travel. Folk would always pick me up, those kind of things. But I, I guess I, I never really knew, but people knew. Uh, i never forget, I had an uncle. We had a great big garden in, in, in Liberty. And my grandfather's, my grandfather's and my, his brothers worked that garden. And my uncle, one of my uncles, they nicknamed me Dude. And they nicknamed me, well, he did, rather. He nicknamed me Dude mainly because he said, you'll never work hard with your hands. You know, he, I guess he spoke that over my life. I, I didn't understand that, that concept at the time, but he spoke that over my life. And he said, you're going to be a lawyer or you're going to be a preacher. And, uh, you know, I guess all those oh, things like, oh, man, I had to be, whew, I, I was preaching. I, I was preaching at that time. Uh, but, you know, even into my teen years, you know, even into my teen years, uh, some of those same things were said over my life, you know. So I I, I didn't know that. But, um, you know, I guess hindsight is always twenty twenty. When you look back, you can see some of those things. Uh, yeah, I, I mean, I, I was born and raised in Liberty, Texas. You know, I'm just a country boy at heart. I truly love uh, sports and stuff like that. I'm, that's, that's a great passion. But my greatest passion is is uh, studying and uh, reading the Word of God, and I guess even importing those biblical principles to people. I, that's my greatest passion, man. So yeah, I so so my journey, it, it, you know, it came through a you know a lot of different. I guess um, things happen. I had a blackjack experience, Mike. You know about that experience. I don't. I don't know if you want me to talk about that, but okay, yeah. I um, it was eighteen. I think it was 80, 1980 or eighty-one. You know, I I had been in church all my life, but uh, I had never experienced the uh, the moving of the Holy Spirit. And my wife and I, we were at a wedding, and uh, they had the reception after the wedding. We used to at this club, this nightclub. And my wife and I were on the dance floor, and we were dancing. And all of a sudden, I'd start crying, man. I mean, I was just crying. I was like, why am I crying? And uh, as a matter of fact, I left the club. My wife came out after me. She said, what's wrong? I said, I don't know. I said, but I know I can't be here. And uh, so we left, and we went back to where we were staying for that night to go to church. That next morning, I went to Sunday school. And to make a long story short, I hadn't probably missed any church since that day you know that was 1980 i think it was and from that time you know i knew that i, I had you know i had been called I, I i had dodged it for a while but i knew that i had been called and then i finally acknowledged that to my pastor back then and and in 1993 i think it was because i became a deacon you know and then i i, I became a preacher but i think in 1993 i preached my first sermon I think 93, no, 92. Okay. 92. Yeah. Yeah. So it, it, okay. it kind of evolved like that. Okay. I'm not quite okay. sure how you were at that, that time, is, Mike. <laughs> depending on if it was the spring or summer of 92, I was 14. I didn't turn okay. 15 until October of 92. Okay, well there you go. You know, I, uh, and I'm not quite. I don't remember now. No, it was March actually. I do remember because that's their wedding. Man, every time they celebrate their wedding, I always tell them that I celebrate too, because that was my uh, that was my conversion. That I was born again on that night that they uh, celebrate their wedding. Yeah, you you know them, Brian and Betty Edwards. Yeah, you know who. They are. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 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 That is a. Uh... 
that's an interesting story. So I really, you're on the dance floor and you say you just start crying, but you didn't know why. At what point did you, and, and we just, you know, we just having a conversation right now about the Holy Spirit, <laughs> right? Yeah, yeah, I got you, right? Because um, I know some people, there'll be some people who will watch and listen to this that have had that experience, right? But then there may be some people who may watch and listen who haven't had that experience or maybe had an experience like that but didn't know it was the Holy Spirit. So as you're on that dance floor and and you just start crying, but you really didn't know what was wrong. Can, does that feeling have a, uh, can you describe it? Even though you didn't know what was wrong, can you describe the feeling or the emotion that overcame you? Enjoying this episode so far? Make sure you never miss an episode by subscribing on Apple, Spotify, Anchor, Google, Breaker, Radio Public, or Pocket Casts. Now back to the show. Yeah, I can. You know, and it's it's ironic that I can definitely describe it now. At at that moment, for those viewers, you know, that may not know what that was, I didn't either. I, I really didn't know what that was. I had heard about the Holy Spirit. But I had never had an encounter. You know, it's kind of like uh, what Paul had in, in, in with his Damascus encounter. I think I had that same thing that night. So, but that feeling was so, um, and it wasn't a, a crying of um, despair. It was really more a crying of I'm happy. You know, I was happy. It was a happy cry. I felt so good in the inside, but I didn't know why I was crying. Mm-hmm. So yeah, it it was, but I felt good though. I mean, I felt great. I didn't, I didn't have any uh, bad feelings at all. So, uh, if I have to describe it, it just that I, I I was feeling great. You know, I really felt good and I was happy. I was, I didn't know what it was, but you know, you know, hot, like say again, you know, hindsight is always twenty twenty. Uh, I know what that was now. I didn't know then, but it was a visitation of the Holy Spirit, man, and I. And I've had several encounters with it. You know, I have it almost all the time now. I had the Holy Spirit visit a lot. Of course, Mike, you, you and I have had numerous conversations over the years, and you know the Spirit has been present in our conversations. So, right. so I know you know what that is. But yes, I guess sometimes it's somewhat kind of hard to explain that, except that the feeling you have is is, is so gratifying. You know, you feel so good, and you you you. I don't know. You 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 feel like you really want to speak. You want to talk. I mean, it's I don't know. It, it's a lot of feelings, but it's good. I know it's good. Yeah, yeah. I think I remember. I was maybe sixteen or seventeen years old, and I got I had to take my mom to work early in the morning. And I was sleeping because I stayed up late, had a, a summer league baseball game the night before. So I stayed up, got home, stayed up kind of late talking to my mom. She had to be to work early and I had to go to work as well. You know, I was working a you know a little summer job, cutting grass. And she was like, well, you take me to work and then just take the car. 
So we get up, you know, and take, she drives to work. And I remember her asking me, are you, you okay to drive home? You know, it's really early. It might be 5 a.m. And I'm sleeping. Man, I'm, I'm sleeping. So long story short, I fell asleep while driving home. Hmm. Wrecked the car. Okay. So just, a, I mean, just a miracle because I went across three lanes of traffic. The, the road curved, but I kept going straight because I was asleep. Jumped a curb. Missed the telephone pole by maybe, maybe about this much. Wow. You know, two or three inches. Um, but I was asleep and I remember hearing a voice say, wake up, hmm. hit something. And I woke up and was able to, you know, press the brakes to stop the vehicle just before I hit a tree. You know, and that's an, that's a, that is an experience that I will never forget because I was asleep. Yeah. You know, I was asleep. I couldn't tell myself to wake up because I was asleep. Yeah. You know, so that that's one of, you know, and I have a few stories like that um, where there's nobody can tell me <laughs> that God isn't real. You know, just, yeah, I was 16 or 17 years old. I want to say this was the, uh, either the summer before my senior year of high school or the summer after. So you had that experience um, at Blackjack, the Blackjack experience. <laughs> so after you had that experience, you know, you said you uh, eventually became a deacon, then preached your first sermon in 92. Yes. When did you know or how, how and when, how and when did you know that it was time for you to pastor? That's a good question also. I, um, I'm not quite sure I really fully knew uh, in my natural self, but I always knew in my spirit, you know, that I was supposed to. Um, my pastor had a, a stroke. And when he had his stroke, he was uh, hospitalized here in Houston. And he called all of us, um, several of us. Was, matter of fact, he had a stroke at a funeral. And when he had the stroke, we all went uh, went to the hospital at night. I guess eight deacons of his, and it was like four or five preachers. And all of us were around the bed. And that night, that day, that afternoon, he looked at, all of us, and he pointed at me, and he told them, he said, listen, he said, I, want, I was the youngest preacher, actually, at that moment, at that time. He said, I want this boy, that's how he conned it. He said, I want this boy to be in charge. Yeah. And uh, and I was somewhat shocked, somewhat, but I knew the relationship he and I had. It was kind of like he was passing the mantle as Elijah did with Elisha. He was passing the mantle on to me. And, uh, of course, I was obedient to it, and we there were some people that fought against it. So, um, you know, because he he was setting he he was setting me up to be the pastor of the church. So, um, and and there were a lot of people in their natural selves that just totally didn't agree with that. So, at the time, I was attending uh, the College of Biblical Studies, and I matter of fact, I, I reached out to um, one of the instructors there, which was Paul Cannon's, and Paul Cannon's at 
gave me some advice. He said, look, man, he said, what you need to do for one year straight, you know, pray and fast and ask God specifically what it is that he wants you to do. And I did that. And uh, it was just plain as nose is on my face that God said it was time to organize. So, you know, we did. And um, I guess, as, you, as they say, the rest of that is history. But that's kind of how I knew I was obedient to what I was the, the wisdom that was given me. So I, I did that. That's what it was. So I want to, I, I want to explore just for a moment. So how old were you or what, or what year is this when, when your pastor has the stroke and y'all are all gathered around him in, in the hospital? This was, oh. I want to say this was 90, uh, 95 or 96. It was one of those years because we organized the church in 97. You know, I, I preached my, I, yeah, I preached my first time. Yeah, we organized the church in 97. So this is 95. It had to be 95 sometime because I, I, I so did I'm, the prayers of the year and stuff. So Okay. So I'm curious. Yeah. You're the youngest you know, and, you know, I just kind of want to, you know, just for for people who find themselves in a situation like this, not not necessarily saying um, you're in a room full of preachers and you're the youngest preacher. And then they say you you take charge. But just for people who may find themselves in a situation in which. You've been appointed to lead. Yeah. And there are disagreements. What was that yeah. like? I mean, did you, I, I'm just wondering, you know, was it, was it stressful? Was there some pressure? I, I'm just wondering, what was that like? Well, it, it, it was somewhat, um, but truly, man, I, I think my heart has always been for the people. So I was always just concerned about the people, not necessarily myself. Now, let me back up too, because I, I, I forgot to mention this, uh, you know, numbers are, are, are very significant with God. And actually, I think in 97, when we organized, or 96, I was 40. I was 40 years old at that time. So that was a significant time, you know, dealing with the number 40. But um, but yeah, Mike, I, I, yeah, that was a little, little uh, stress to some degree, but not not much. I mean, I really, I, I, I really prayed. I really just prayed and fasted and, and sought the Lord on it, man. And when, when I did that, I, I, was, I was fine, you know. Uh, my pastor hated that I was leaving. You know, uh, he wanted me to stay. Yeah. Uh, there were a lot of people there that really wanted me to stay. As a matter of fact, there were some people left. I never asked anyone to leave. But there were several people left with me when I left. You know, a lot of people, you know, they just decided, they knew, I guess, that God had called me into the ministry, or well, called me to pastor. And so they left too. Uh, there were some folks said that we weren't going to last three months. You know, and we're talking 25 years later now, I guess, so. You know, but but you can always have your naysayers. So to encourage someone that God is speaking to your heart, you know, I would say, you know, really pray fast and be obedient to what you hear. And and if it's from God, I mean, it, it'll show up. You know, it, that is definitely from God. So that was that's kind of my take with that. That's good. So you fasted for a year. For one year. Now, it wasn't just a solid total fast of giving up, you know, food and stuff for that entire, but I did fast from food, 
Uh, matter of fact, I lost a lot of weight during that time, but which was good for me too. Um, but but I but but I prayed a lot. I prayed. Yeah, I prayed a lot too, man. You know, it was just really. I'm not saying I don't pray a lot now, but at that time, I man, I was just on my face constantly. Uh, as a matter of fact, I did a, a lot like Daniel did. You know, I turned my face to to the east and I prayed on my knees and and I was really you know seeking God and mm -hmm. my mind got real clear during that that whole year, man. You know, I, the clarity was there. You know, so and that's what fasting does for you too, actually, Mike. Yeah, so I, I really want to, um, so I want to point out a couple of things. Um, the first thing is, I really want people to understand that this was not a decision that was taken lightly. Exactly. Because, and that, and that, the foundation of that is the wise counsel, the fasting and praying. And so, and then now I want to, I want to backdoor that and fasting is tough. <laughs> fasting, I, I'm going to be, fasting is probably, now I know the benefits of it because yeah. I have done it. Yeah. But me personally, it is one of the toughest things to do. It is not something, it is not desirable. Let me put it that way. It is not <laughs> desirable. Why? I don't even have a good question to ask right here, so I'm just gonna say it the way is it's on my mind. Yeah. Why is the thing that can bring us so much clarity one of the toughest things to do? One of the least desirable things for us to do, because anybody who has fasted, combined with prayer, I I haven't met anybody who hasn't told me that the result was clarity. Exactly. But why, is it, but why is it sometimes it can be painstaking? I think, Mike, I think, you know, God with his infinite wisdom, you know, I think that uh, it's something about us being empty, you know, from a, a, a physical perspective so that he can feel us spiritually. And I think that that's what fasting does. You know, we get empty. So while we're empty, God is filling us you know, with his spirit. So that's where the, all the clarity comes in. And, and that's, and, and it sustains us because honestly, it is really food for us, you know, because it's, it nourishes us as we're praying. The, the, the prayer and, and the supplication with God is, is where your nourishment comes in. So you're still being filled, although you're empty, you know, in the natural, but you're still being filled spiritually. So yes, clarity comes. I hope that made sense. But yes, that's, that's what I think. I think it's the yeah. How often, uh, just asking, how often do you fast? Like it, over, over the course of a year? How many times would you say you, you fast? Over the and and it, it, it varies, you know. There are, you, as, as well as you know, I call fast for our church periodically. I always do that at least two or three times a year, maybe. Uh, but just personally, you know, I fast. I could fast anywhere from ten to twenty times a year. I mean, it it, it all you know it, it varies, especially when like right now I'm fasting right now. You know because of what we're embarking upon right now. Mm -hmm. That just personally with me. Of course, it's not something I always talk about, but it is something that I'm doing. So to answer your question, though, Mike, you know it varies. It depends on what 
the Bible says there's only some things going to come through fasting and praying. So when you're fasting and praying, uh, you, you're asking God to really get in the mix of, of what you're trying to accomplish, you know, or what are you trying, whatever your goal is. So that's good. I like the way you said that when we're fasting and praying, we're yeah. asking God to get in the mix. Exactly. So exactly. for people like me who struggle, who, who, um, you know, who struggle with the fast, do, do you have a word of encouragement for people like me who really struggle <laughs> when it comes to the, the fasting? You know, somebody who there's there's somebody. I'm um, sound like a TV preacher right here. There's somebody <laughs> who is listening or, or watching us on YouTube yeah. who knows they need to fast. Yeah. But is struggling with it. So you, you do you have a word of encouragement? Well, you know, yeah. If I was going to encourage, I would I would have to use the scriptures to encourage, and and this is what Jesus said. Jesus said, "Take his yoke upon you, for his yoke is easy and his burdens are light." Now, so if I had to use that to encourage you, yokes are hard. So fasting is not easy. It's hard. It's a yoke. But Jesus said, "Take mm -hmm. that yoke of him upon you, for it's easy." Even though it's something to weigh you down, even though it's something to, for you to struggle and go through, it's still easy because you're doing it in, in him. But then it, it's the, and, and it's also a burden, but his burdens are light. So you got to make sure that you uh, incarnate him when you when he, when he's in the mix, then all this stuff become easy and light. So that would be my encouragement to you. You know, it's it's easy. It's not hard, and it, it's not hard because. Because you're not the author of it, you're not the one that's. He's the one that's really doing it, not you. So when you when you allow him to right, do that, right, right, that's encouraging. That's encouraging. So listen, if you are watching us on YouTube right now, be encouraged. And after <laughs> you are encouraged, I want you to hit like and then subscribe. If you are listening to us on Apple Podcasts, please give us a five star rating, like, share. Tell a friend, um, get the word out. This is the network. I'm Michael Prejean. And right now, I'm just sitting here with my pastor, Pastor Keith Turner of the Valley Community Bible Church. And we're just, we're just talking. We're just talking church. Uh, right here, Pastor, I want to share, um, if it's okay with you, the first time I attended Valley Community Bible Church. Yeah, man. I remember it. But go ahead. Yeah. So I want to. Um, I don't even know what year it was maybe 2001, 2002 um, was in a rough patch in my marriage um, the night before Saturday night you know Kim and I you know constantly at each other so I went out with some friends of mine stayed out all night like when I say out all night I literally mean all night so I came in the sun was coming up and I had a Sunday paper and Kim asked me, she said, you want to go to church today? <laughs> you know, so even though I've been out all night, you know, I'm kind of like in my mind, I'm like, okay, I'm not that much of a heathen <laughs> that I'm going to say, no, I'm not going to church. You know, so I'm like, let me, you know, let me go take a nap real quick. She's like, no, the church we're going to is, you know, it's kind of far. So you know, we probably need to leave now. So I'm like, okay. Um, 
So I go get ready for church. You know, she says she's going to drive. Okay, so she's driving. Now, mind you, this is, is this is about an hour something drive You're right. from our house. Okay? Exactly. So she's driving. I fall asleep. I wake up, and we still driving. So <laughs> now, now, mind you, we're in a you know young married couple in a, in you know in a rough patch, we're in a bad place. Um, so immediately, my mind goes to okay, we going to this church way out here, wherever this is. I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm going to be mad on purpose because it's far. So that's what I'm thinking, right? So we get to church. We get out to Valley Community Bible Church. You know, we're out in Liberty, Texas. I've never been to Liberty, Texas in my life, okay? <laughs> so we get there. We get to the church. And I'm like, you know what? I'm not even going to go in. Now, you know, I'm, I'm mad. She didn't drug me all the way out here to this church. I'm mad. I'm not even going to go in. Well, it was a... Uh, it was around this time of year, I think, because it was hot. <laughs> oh, man, it was hot as all get out. So I was like, man, I ain't staying out here this whole time. So let me go on in here and go in this church. Yeah, man. We walk through the doors. And this is so when we talk about Holy Spirit, this is this is Holy Spirit right here. We walk in the doors and I immediately felt like I was at home. Hmm. Felt like I had been there before. You were already in the pulpit, and I felt like I already knew you. You started to preach. Now, mind you, Kim and I, we're in a rough patch. We're in a bad place. The title of the sermon that day, what was the title of the sermon that day? I think it was When a Man Loves a Woman. When a Man Loves a Woman. That was the title (laughs) of the sermon. All right, so uh, I'm getting emotional thinking about it. Yeah, man, I know, Mike. You know, I listen to the sermon, and I'm like, man, he is talking to me. He is talking to me. So then sermon comes to an end, and now it's altar call. You know, <laughs> and you were like, listen, you know, if you if you need prayer, come on up. So I'm like, man, I'm going to go up there. And I remember my prayer request was, I want to be a better husband. You know, I want, I want to be a better man. I want to be a better husband. I want to be a better father. Right. So you prayed with me. And then I go back to my seat. You know, we're sitting towards the back, you know, in one of the back pews. Maybe it might have been like the second to last row. <laughs> All right. Now, I grew up Catholic, y'all. All right. I grew up Catholic. So, Catholic, <laughs> you know, you stand up, you sit down, you kneel. You stand up, you sit down, you kneel. Ain't no running. Ain't no shouting. None of that is going on in the Catholic Church. Actually, we had one guy in the church I grew up with, a guy named George. George used to run around the church. Wow. George used to run around the Catholic Church. Um, but it just it wasn't a big deal. Even back then, nobody really thought anything of it. But George would take off running, right? So then, you know, other people are coming up for prayer. And then people start falling out. People start running. <laughs> And I'm like, man, I, this is exactly what I thought. <laughs> I can't believe I let these people lay hands on me and they in here doing all of this stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's ex- my exact thought. So then I'm I'm sitting in the back and I put my head in my hands like this. And I'm just like, man, I can't I can't believe this. You know, all of this commotion going on in here. This is what I'm thinking. And then when I set up 
prophetess Marsha Edwards. Wow. Is dead in my face. Wow. Dead looking at me. Like as soon as I sit up, she's standing in the front looking at me. She said, young man, you don't believe. <laughs> this is crazy, right? So then she asked me to, to come up. She said, come here. Thinking about it today, I don't know why I got up. <laughs> I don't know why I got up, but I got up and I went up there. And she proceeds to tell me everything I'm thinking verbatim. Wow. And I just start crying. Remember. I just start crying. Tears. Tears everywhere. We talking Holy Spirit. I don't know why I was crying. <laughs> but I'm just crying. I mean, I'm just crying. You know, church ends. And I'm like, my God. I called my brother on the way home. I'm like, man. Let me tell you what just happened to me. Yeah. You know, and that was uh that was the beginning of my conversion. Yeah. I learned so much at Valley Community Bible Church. So much there. I will never forget that day. I will never forget that day. Never. Um witnessed so many great things. So people, when I tell you, you, you got to, <laughs> I don't care what you're doing, but you, you're going to have to make a visit. Um, Valley reminded me of, of an emergency room. You know, in, in terms of churches, Valley reminded me of an emergency room. It's an emergency. You need to get here. It's an emergency. You need to get here. Um, a lot of good preaching, even better teaching. Um, <laughs> the Holy Spirit is real. <laughs> oh man, yeah. The Holy Spirit is real. You know, I, I don't, I don't care what people say. So that was, um, that was the first day I met you. Yeah. Um, that was the first time I ever attended Valley. Um, man, such a phenomenal experience. I know how I feel about you. You know, I know how my my wife you know, feels about you, you know, as our pastor. I know how my family feels about you. Um, matter of fact, they are going to, my father is going to enjoy hearing this conversation so much. <laughs> he, always, he always asks about you. He always asks yeah, about you. Yeah. I just wanted to share that that story. Um, that, was, that was the beginning of my conversion experience. So, Pastor, what is your why? What, what yeah, before I get to my why, Mike, I, I, I want to say something to your viewers, too, that I know you had your apprehensions about your people laying their hands and all that stuff at that time. But I watched over the years how God, how God really strengthened your ministry until where I saw you laying hands on people. And I saw where you were praying for people. And I watched God use you to where people got healed. You know, and so I just want to say that, you know, I, 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 I watched that over the years. So that was a great thing to watch, watch that uh, developing you. That was great. Yeah, thank you. You know, and, and so a lot of people watching or listening probably definitely, definitely probably don't know uh, <laughs> that side of me. Right, right, right. But right. I do want to say that um, I have learned, I can't remember who who said this, 
Um, I do. It was Pastor Clayton. Pastor Clayton <laughs> was there. And, and he talked about, you know, he, he was talking about just kind of how God uses, you know, people and his word to yeah. change people's lives. And, you know, he, one of the things he talked about was uh, one of them is information. Mm-hmm. Another one was impartation. You know, mm-hmm. sometimes you have to touch people. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah. And one of the I can't I listen, I can't explain this. I cannot explain it. So um you know, so, so for those of y'all who are watching and listening, I'm just telling you right now, I can't explain this. But yeah, you know, times when I just if I come over to you and I just put my hand on your shoulder <laughs> and I just ask you how you doing today. Just I I'm I'm we in we in a spiritual moment. Yes, sir. You know, we we in a spiritual moment, so I'm not a um, I'm not afraid to hug. You know, <laughs> I'm not afraid to put my hand on your shoulder and ask you how you're doing. I'm not afraid to pray for you. I'm not a, I'm not afraid to pray with you. You know, because we have to be in agreement. Yeah, you know? yeah. You know, we ha- we have to be in agreement. You know, so I know some of y'all don't really know that side of me, um, but 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 God is real. You know, God yeah. is real. The power of prayer is real. Yes. Um, even when it doesn't seem to be. Because I know I've called you. There, there are times when I've called you and I'm like, you know, I'm, I'm disgusted. I'm frustrated, yeah. you know, and you remind me. Mike, you know, continue to pray, you know, continue to pray. The best advice, because I, the best advice I've ever been given Two things. One was from my father. He told me, don't ever be afraid to ask for help. Wow. And the, second, yeah. the second was from you. You know, you told me when you get to the end of your rope. Tie a rope. Tie a knot and hang on. Yes, sir. You know, and, and there have been many days where I tied my knot, I hung on, and I continued to pray. Yes, sir. You know, I continued to pray. So, you know, I know we grow up, we come from all different walks of life. Um, I grew up in the Catholic Church in Southwest Louisiana, in Lafayette, Louisiana, you know, where laying of hands and, and people speaking in tongues and the running and the shouting, you know, I, that wasn't the culture, the church culture I grew up in. Um, but <laughs> I, I'll say this and then we'll we'll hopefully we can move on to your why after this. I'll say this. We don't know God. Even when we think we know him. Wow. Even when we think we know God, we still we we can't fathom mm. who God is and all that is within him. We can't even fathom that. So before we start, you know, chunking aside things that we don't believe in. Yeah, man. You know, you probably watching or listening to this over Wi-Fi. So you know. <laughs> exactly. I, I got you. So I'm I'm a I'm a stop there. Tell us about your why, Pastor. Well, I just I, I wonder why we can't uh live, you know, in in a society where uh, people are truly judged by the content of their character and not by the color of their skin. I know that's somewhat cliche, but I wonder why, you know, we can't. And, and then also, I wonder why is it that we have evangelicals, you know, that 
we use this particular platform to uh, to, to to even in, entice somewhat some prejudices. You know, why aren't we why aren't we standing against those things? Why aren't we really standing for you know what Christ stood for? So those those are some of my whys. I have a lot more, Mike, but I'm not you know I, I, it's, it's too many for me to name. But but that those. I think that bothers me, you know, it, that bothers me a little. So that's my why. How, how do you combat those things, you know, that, that you see? You know, because we know, um, we know what we see and hear. We know what's out there. So how do you, how do you approach your daily walk knowing that, some of that other stuff is out there too. You said that earlier, you know, it's power, you know, in our mouth. You know, I, I really believe that what we say, uh, what we ask God for, he'll do it. It's, God is always looking at uh, the sincerity of our hearts. Mike, you and I have had this conversation, I mean, uh, countless of times, but, you know, God looks at our heart. So when your heart is pure and right with God, that's answered prayer. So honestly, and, and, and I, I hope this don't come across wrong, but when I pray, I expect to receive what I ask for because because of my heart, I expect it. So to answer you, prayer, man, it's, it's praying. It's, it, it's, 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 it's the realness of prayer, if that makes sense. You know, it's, it's got to be where your heart is totally pure. To that point, to where God, God, when God look at you, He ought to see Himself, and when He see Himself, He should be able to smell Himself. Which we should be that sweet smell in His nostrils. We should always be that, and when, and when we are, then I feel that whenever we ask, whatever we ask for, the Bible says, "Yea and Amen." So I believe that. I trust. I trust what I know and what I've read and what I've studied. If that makes sense, Mike. Yeah. So what if I don't feel like I'm good enough to go to God in prayer? What if I, you know, what if I feel like, okay, when God look at me, he don't, he definitely don't see himself. So what if, what if that's the point that I am in my walk? You yeah. know, what, what do we say to, to that person? Uh, God is merciful one, you know, uh, and, and and not only that he's merciful, those of us that are born again, uh, and, and, and I'm saying, and those that's walking and maybe not at the same place you are, but they're still walking. So since they're still walking, God is, they're still God's children. So when you're God's child, he watches over us. You know, he constantly watching over us. He watched over you that day when you were 16, when you went off that road. You was this child then. You didn't know all about him, but he watched over you because he, because here it is. He knew these moments. He knew what you had to do. He knew which those children you had to touch, those uh, the lives you had to, uh, all the people you had to encounter. You know, all great work you're doing now. God knew that when you were 16, so He spared you. So even though you may not know Him today, some folk may not know Him. Maybe like you know him, or maybe I know him, but God is still watching over you. I mean, he still he still loves you. That's why he gave us his son. He loves you. So I don't. Again, you know, Mike, I I know I speak publicly, but sometimes I'm a little vague in my in my in my in my in my process. But I do know what I'm saying. 
And I do know that what I'm saying is the truth. You know, um, just just continue to have faith. Faith is the key to it, man. You know, I know you know, but I I, I don't know how I'm getting that across to someone else. So I, I don't know. Yeah, no, that's no, that's good. Faith is the key. Faith is it the key. Is. understand that you got to believe, but also understand that that God is merciful. That God yeah. is merciful. And one of the things I, I want to compliment you here, um, you are. I have learned to. I'm still learning because I'm not. You know, we're never there. But I have watched how patient you are. I've watched your compassion for people. I've watched your your mercy for people. You know, I've I've watched that and and learned that from you. So hearing it come from you is is I can co-sign that. You know, I can yeah. co-sign that because not only you know do you tell people that God is merciful, you also practice that as well. You know, yeah. you also practice that because of who you are in God. Pastor, is there anything that keeps you up at night? <laughs> yeah, there, there are a couple of things. One, you know, I um, I'm always concerned now. You know, I guess about my sons, my grandsons, uh, African American men, you, your brothers, your sons. You know, all these young men. I'm I'm always concerned about whether or not they come home. You know, it's so much. It's so much stuff out there today. Even though I look at our these young people today, and I know a lot of these kids are just, just that, they're kids, but they're not always viewed that way. Yeah, but they're not always viewed that way when they're out, you know, in the public. And yes, that, that that's one of my, I think that's one of my things that keep me up at night, is whether or not our young people will be profiled, you know, by police, and they may not have an opportunity to come home. That's a concern for me. So yeah, that's that's and, that's one of the main ones, you know, and 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 the fact that I, I, I uh, people being saved, Mike, you know, I I, I just I personally, man, I just want everybody saved, you know, and I I don't I don't I don't apologize for my convictions, you know, uh, and I don't, but I do want everybody saved, you know, because I I believe that and I trust that, you know, I just trust that if if everybody's saved, that hey man, there's a better day coming. You know, and I'm I'm yeah. grateful for that. I believe that. I definitely believe that. All right. So now we are in the section in which we do recommendeds. So we talk about recommended reads. So what are you reading that you would recommend that our listeners also read? There are some uh man, I got some, I oh man. I got so many books back here. Some of them I hadn't read. Some of them I opened, but I hadn't read them all. But uh yeah. In particular, Billy Graham has a book entitled the journey and which is a good book and i haven't really completed it i'm i'm just i'm, I'm just about finished but that that's a good book to read uh uh let it go by td jakes is definitely a, a good book td jakes have authored so many great books but that let it go because let it go is so vital man because people hold on to stuff too long but that let it go is is, mm -hmm. is a great mm -hmm. book and I'm, and I'm also, I study this Bible, I study, I say Bible because it's like a Bible to me, and it's the handbook of spiritual warfare. I keep that with me at all times because we're never wrestling against people. We're always warning in the spirit. And when we, when we don't know that, we have a tendency at times to think that we, we, we're coming up against people, but we're not. 
we wrestle against not against flesh and blood, but the, the spiritual wickedness. So, uh, yeah, the handbook of spiritual warfare is another book. So that's that's kind of what I'm doing right now at this moment. Okay, okay, all right. Those are good books. I'm definitely let it go by T. E. Jakes. I'm gonna yeah. add that to my long list. Yeah, <laughs> I got you, man. Uh, recommended music. Recommended music. What What are you listening to? <laughs> well, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm. I love gospel music. I'll be totally honest with that. I, I do. But man, Mike, I, I was born in the fifties, raised up in the sixties and seventies. So I am a Motown guy. You know, I'd be lying if I said I wasn't. You know, I, I often tell people this, especially when I'm counseling with the couples, that you know it's good to listen to Marvin Sapp. You should. Sometimes you ought to listen to Marvin Gaye too, especially to those of us that are married. So, I, uh, yeah, I, I love, I love, I love, I'm, I'm, you know, I, I love all music really. I'm, I, I love jazz too, you know, especially contemporary jazz. I'm more of a contemporary guy, jazz than I am traditional. But I, I love, I love all music. I even love country and western. So it doesn't matter. Okay, okay, that's good. Listen, married couples. It's good to listen to Marvin Sapp. Y'all can also listen to some Marvin Gaye. Exactly. Oh, Pastor, yeah. I love that. All right. So I know you're not really too much of a podcast guy. So this is going to take us to the lightning round. Okay? okay. I got 10 questions. Okay. All right. 10 random questions that I'm going to ask you. Are you ready for this? I'm ready, mate. All right. Here we go. If you could have a superpower, what would it be and why? I would have the abilities to have everyone saved. Why? Is because I think that there's a hell and a heaven. And I would like everyone to go to heaven. It is. King James Version or New American Standard? New American Standard. Because it's easier to understand. <laughs> okay. Okay. Who's your favorite preacher to listen to? I have several. You one, uh, my son, okay. my daughter-in-law. I have several. I really do. I mean, and it's it's not the the people people you think that I would want to listen to. I really love listening to you guys preach. So yeah. Okay. Okay. What store do you shop at the most? Macy's. Only because that's what my wife shops. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So so that means is it the day after Christmas or is it New Year's Day sale? Which one is it? Oh, is I I think it's uh, New Year. I, I'm not sure, Mike. I, she knows though. I should call her and ask her. <laughs> yeah, because I know Kim is, you know, I'll, by the time I get up, Kim already gone. Okay. <laughs> what fashion trend? What fashion trend do you just, you just don't get it? And you know what, man? And, and I guess skinny jeans was one for me. I just didn't get it. I, I just don't get it. I, I don't. Yeah. Although yeah. I'm a big bottom guy, so I know people want that. So, but I don't get skinny jeans, so I would say that. Yeah, you know, I've heard, man, a lot of these, a lot of these young guys, you know, we kind of talk about them, and they would always pull up pictures from like the seventies. They'd be like, exactly. <laughs> "I 
know I can't. Wait a minute. Hold on now. Exactly, man. Exactly. Yeah, I do get that. All right. Which one is better? Which one is better? Being organized or paying attention to detail? Hmm. Paying attention to the details. I, I think okay. so because okay. you can be organized and, you know, I'm organized, you know, I'm not always paying attention. So sometimes I'm disorganized, but I'm paying attention. So I think paying attention to the details matters most. Cake or pie? Cake. I love them both, but cake. You sounded kind of sad when you said that. I did because I because I it's hard to choose. <laughs> but it's cake. It's cake. It's cake okay. for me. Okay. Have you seen both Karate Kids, the one, the original, and then the one with Jaden Smith? Yes. Will Smith's son. Yes, right, I've seen which one. I've seen the original Karate Kid, original Karate Kid, or the new Karate Kid? Which one do you think was better? The original. And I, I think so only because, you know, the effect that it had on me personally that I saw even on my children. I didn't have that same effect, I guess. It didn't have that same effect on me. Although I, I enjoyed both. Uh, but I, I, I think the original okay. one for me personally. So. Okay, okay, okay. What does a person need to be happy? <laughs> you know, Mike, honestly, I don't know if we can really be happy. I think we have a lot of joy, though. And I think what we need, you know, to have joy, just, I think a relationship with, I, when you have a relationship with God, I think, you're going to have happiness. You're going to have joy. So that's what I think. I, mean, I, I don't want to sound like a preacher, but that's what I feel, though. You know, I, that's what I feel. But, but, you know, you're a preacher. Yeah, I know, Mike. <laughs> All right, here we go. Last question right here. Last question. You ready? Yes, sir. If you could push a button, if you could push a button to make the world 7% happier, but there would be a worldwide ban on hair products. Would you push that button? The world could be 7% happier, but there'd be no more hair products. Would you still push the button? Yes, I would. Okay. I don't really, yeah, I would. Because if, we if everybody walked around and didn't have hair like you don't have on your head, Mike, then that'd be okay. Right. <laughs> okay, <laughs> we'd be all right. We'll be all right. All right. Yeah. That's our lightning round. That is the lightning round. All right, Pastor. This brings us to the last segment. It's called You Didn't okay. Ask. You Didn't Ask. Now, this is where you get to give unsolicited advice. Nobody asked, but you're going to give it to them anyway. So what do you have for Oh, me? man. That's, 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 that's a pretty good one right there. Um, you didn't ask, but I, I'm, I'm going to tell you anyway. Um, I think, I, I really feel that um, reprobation is something that I feel that should have actually been given to our race. And I only, and I, I, but I'm not quite sure as to how that should be dispersed. I don't, I don't really have all the answers to that, but I do think that it still need to be revisited even now. Um, and the reason why I say that is because- Reparation. 
Yeah, reparation. And the reason why I say that, Mike, only because there's a lot of unfairness, you know, I feel uh, when, it, when it comes to, and I, I know this is probably cliche is too, systemic racism. You know, I, I, it's a lot of, it's still, it's still, it's still real strong in our country, and I and I think we don't quite realize it because it, it comes through mainly through finances. I think a, a education, you know, it's it's a, it's so many things that uh, I feel that we could we could we could we we could afford. We I wish we were afforded to do, to be better at, and I think some of those things, uh, reparation reparation would actually answer those uh, those questions. I think. So yeah, that you didn't ask me that, but that's what I think. I think that would be great for us. And I'm with it. I'm with it. I was talking to somebody the other day, and it was like, man, I'm still waiting on my 40 acres in a mule. <laughs> you know, so. Yeah, hey, and think about that concept, man. Yeah, yeah, think about that. That would be great to have that, wouldn't it? Even especially now. I mean, we don't really need the mule, but the 40 acres yeah. would be great. Yeah, 40 acres and a, and a caterpillar. Caterpillar track. Yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. <laughs> on your, on yeah. John Deere. Good. <laughs> Pastor, thank you so much. Everybody at home, you have been watching and listening to the network. My name is Michael Prejean. I'm your host. This week's guest is my pastor, Keith L. Turner. Listen, I need y'all to remember that the network is designed, right, to help Black people physically, mentally, spiritually, and financially as we travel in and through America. Subscribe to the network, you may need it. Pastor, thank you so much for your time today. I appreciate you. Man, you're very welcome, Mike. Thank you for having me.